Hello and welcome to the Lost World Minute, the Minute by Minute podcast reviewing 1997 sequel Jurassic Park, one minute at a time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And today we're joined by a very special guest back from the uh, bonus episode we've done celebrating 20 years of the Lost World, Mr. J Jurassic. Hello, sir. What's up, guys? What's going on? <laughs> welcome back. Welcome back. Glad to be back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although we could have, we went for another hour recording that episode after you left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I heard it. I was like, oh, man, I wish I could have just been talking more and more about Lost World. And, you know, I left for that, for to go to see Alien Covenant, and I left disappointed, so I was like, oh, uh, yeah. I should just oh, stay about Lost World. <laughs> I actually loved it. Did you? I, you yeah. know what I... What what happened? I got a I got a little disappointed in the sense that like I love where the story was going. I just felt uh-huh. like that that um the xenomorph was shoehorned in. I didn't. I feel like they should have um waited maybe to like the third one to show him. You know what I mean? I felt like yeah, they pushed in too early into the story. But other than that, but like the the philosophy behind it and what he where he's going, it's awesome. Mm. Like, but I just felt like it. Like it felt like a different movie in, in in from the first act to to the third act. That's what it where it lost me, you know. Not hating it, just a little disappointed, you know. Yeah, more mm-hmm. so more so wanting a sequel to Prometheus more than an Alien prequel. Um, yeah. Because really, really in hindsight, we've got Alien, we've got Aliens, and as fans of the third one and Resurrection, this day and age, you're never going to be able to relive that magic. And Fox pushing for more alien films instead of letting Ridley Scott tell his original story that he wanted to do and um, all the meddling we get in movies now by studios it's just it's a shame I haven't seen it yet I'm I am reading the novelization at the moment before I see it just to uh, see if there's any differences between the two but um, it's a it's a general concern whether all this engineer stuff from Prometheus was dropped and not really called back to or it's going too much into aliens and then how does this go into Alien, or how? What's the bridge between this and Alien with the third one? I like that he's got six of them in line. Whether or not he's <laughs> lives to make all of them and everything else, it's a <laughs> it's a it's a well, slippery slope. It, yeah, when you see it, you'll you'll see what I what, what I mean. Yeah, or, or you'll, you'll either really love it or you'll see like I don't think you could really hate the movie. I think I think it was a really good movie uh, film, but um. Mm-hmm. I just felt like some of some of it was like like you said like the studio or the fans themselves wanted so much to see a xenomorph that he was like fine I'll put him in there yeah kind of yep. thing you know yeah I did kind of get that feeling I will say though that Prometheus gave me a very kind of Spielbergian um, feeling with his directorial style where you had moments of grandiose beauty in the right in the middle of terror that uh, yeah. felt like something that Spielberg does. But I will also say that uh, Alien Covenant kind of felt like the lost world to me in the same sense that it was darker, it was grittier, it was nastier, it was scarier. It was everything the lost world was if it was an alien movie. Yep. He's completely right about that. Yep, it was <laughs> way darker. That I mean, there's some scenes in there just, it, it had me pretty tense too. And oh yeah, me too. It's been a while since like a a horror sci-fi genre type of movie has been uh, like that in the theater watching it. Oh, so my first impression getting out of the theater was 
Alien Covenant makes uh, Xenomorph more scary again. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Because they've been kind of like, I don't know, um, played down since the Alien vs. Predator ones. The, everybody's yeah. just like, oh, yeah, those guys. No, yeah. Those, those guys were terrifying back in the day. Yeah. yeah even, but even even aliens, you can sort of say they'll they'll tone down a bit from Alien, where you had one running around a ship now, you got a whole colony of them, and mm-hmm. they seem to get shot easy and everything else, but hey. True. We still love the films. I will also say that the uh, Neomorph and the Wheatgrass, it reminded me a lot of the Velociraptors and the Longgrass, and even my dad, me and my dad go over see movies all the time together, and he even he was like, he turned he turned to me in the middle of the theater and said, "This is just like that Velociraptor scene from the second Jurassic Park." (laughs) It does get reused a bit, (laughs) because it's such a great scene. Yeah. Yeah. So is. Yeah, but that's all right. We'll get to that in future minutes. You can convince the Washington Post and the Skeptical Inquirer of whatever you want, but I was there. I know what happened, and so do you. Jurassic Dunes currently going. Jay, you're uh, you've been trying to get some stuff up over there on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, I just uh, I had uh, like these big plans for Jurassic June, but life gets in the way, and uh, it, it, I'm pretty busy at the tattoo shop and. And I haven't been able. I, I get like little sketches here and there that I'll post on Instagram and, and on on Twitter, and they're like like really fast sketches. I think today I I, I drew like a uh, it's a little longer session that uh, um I, I I butcher the name every time I say, it, but uh, the Quetzalcoatlus. That's the way I say it. It's yeah. probably wrong. Yeah, that's how I say it too. Um, so that one because uh, I I've been putting up like every once in a while I, I'll post uh like three dinosaurs for. <laughs> vote on for me to draw like quick sketches but i started mm-hmm. drawing this guy and then i was like you know what i got a little more time so i started adding definition to him but then i drew like a really fast like pachycephalosaur dinosaur not pachycephalosaurus but from the family um and yeah that one was a really fast sketch and i've been trying to get more dinosaur drawings during jurassic june but i will say i was able to put in um two dinosaur uh, style tattoos on my on my sheet to have to tattoo people ne- next week starting. So oh, nice. <laughs> I snuck those in there. I was able to do those, and um, I have like one for like half price as a T Rex skull, and hopefully somebody gets and I get to tattoo that. Oh wow, yes. fantastic! Yeah, that's been mm-hmm. so that's been taking up all, most of my time, you know, mm. and getting prepared for the convention, uh, Garden State Comic Fest next month. I have a table in artist alley and i'm preparing myself for that too trying to get prints done and all that so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah convention times really busy yeah <laughs> convention times gets real busy too yep no i know where you're coming <laughs> from there mommy daddy you've got to come see this i found something speaking of jurassic june uh just in time for jurassic june was the jurassic world exhibit came to chicago and i got to go last week and then i loved it did I mean, you I, saw it? Yeah, yeah, I loved it. It was a lot of fun. The it was a lot of fun just seeing the kids react to these giant animatronic dinosaurs. Yeah, just looking up in awe with their eyes as big as saucers. Yeah, I loved it. It was a lot of fun. I had the same same experience here when it was started here in Melbourne with uh, taking my two young children to it as well. Just in mm-hmm. awe in awe of them, um, especially when you get to the T Rex and that, and sort of half hiding, half. Uh, 
waiting to see what happens because most of that's that scenes in the dark. But it was just interesting mm. for your write up on uh, Jurassic Pedia about it. The sort of sequence of going from set piece to set piece is a bit different to what it was here. Uh, we never had the raptor part here. Oh, and yeah. in, you guys had it first, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm just wondering if sort of uh, space or what was uh, the reason why some of the stuff wasn't here. So here, you pretty much went into the boat, then went straight into the Innovation Centre, where I think, David, you said the Innovation Centre somewhere else along the... Yeah, like it's the around the middle part, right before the... Uh, right, it's right after the... Um, giant, not the... Giant, the uh, Land of the Giants, and right before the Raptor encounter. Yeah. Yep, that's that's how it was here in, uh, when... I, I live in Jersey, New Jersey. And, yep. Um, and I went to the Philly one. I went there... I actually was there... I was there three times. I went to see it. Once when we did a meet-up with the Jurassic Park podcast, and then we did another meet-up with, uh, like, a whole Jurassic World meet-up with... Um, Jurassic Outpost. Yep. And then mm-hmm. I went there for my birthday. My friends took nice. me again for the mm-hmm. last time. They they had that yeah, the innovation center was like towards the middle. And I I don't know, did they change anything in the Chicago one? Because I feel like they keep adding on as the as the tour goes on. Did they um, anything from what you've seen? Like videos of Philadelphia and um Australia? Not that I could tell. But I do know that there were a couple of the, uh, you know, at the end with the, um, at the, at the Discovery Center where they have the uh, little model, 3D printed models. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All those pieces missing uh, for Chicago. Okay. So, somebody oh, they went missing. Yeah, some or somebody or somehow along the way, got a uh, pieces disappeared. Most of the T-Rex was gone. Uh, ra- all like almost all the heads were gone. So hmm. that's 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 messed up. Mm. I know. And, yeah, and yeah. having in Chicago, you have a uh, have Sue, right? Yeah, we do. That's awesome. I I can't. I I've never gone. I want to go see Sue. Yeah. Sue is a sight to behold in person. Pictures don't do her justice. Oh, I can't wait. I think I'm gonna get emotional seeing that T-Rex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that was one good thing too. Not only uh, sort of the photos you took of the expedition, but oh, the exhibit, but um, the museum as well. It's just great to see sort of a lot of that stuff on display. Yeah. Um, and keep a uh, folder on my Facebook page, so and I always constantly update it every time I visit with something new. Yeah. There's just so there's just so much to see. You can make a full day out of. The field museum is alone. Yep, no, that's that's great. Plan a trip one day going there because I do want to go to that field museum. Whether the Jurassic Park exhibit, uh, Jurassic World exhibits there or not. I always insist it's probably one of the best, architecturally one of the best examples of neoclassical architectural style available. I mean, that's just the building. Never mind the exhibits inside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Gentlemen, shall we get into minute 25? Sure. I think so. As we ended the 24th minute, Sarah Harding left the guys and started walking up the stream towards the stegosaurs. Ian gave chase, asking, When Hammond called you, why didn't you say anything to me? At the start of the 25th minute of the Lost World, Sarah replies that she knew he would have stopped her from coming. 
Malcolm says, I would have tied you to the bed. At 24 minutes and 5 seconds, Sarah starts going on about how she thinks the animal survived without lysine. Malcolm replies, I don't care. At 24 minutes and 17 seconds, a bellowing sound from upstream stops the group. Sarah tells the group to shush and just to stay here and be quiet. And she'll be right back. At 24 minutes and 30 seconds, Sarah starts running up the creek towards the stegosaurs. Ian calling behind her, Sarah, no, no. At 24 minutes and 38 seconds, Sarah leaves the stream and gets down on her knees and starts crawling between the ferns towards a baby stegosaur. At 24 minutes and 50 seconds, Sarah slowly rises up onto her knees and starts beginning taking photos. The baby stegosaur seeing her and bellowing quietly. At 24 minutes and 58 seconds, we cut back to the guys hiding behind a log. Malcolm calling Sarah's name quietly and saying she's much too close. Much too close. And this ends the 25th minute of The Lost World. Ending out uh, the previous minute and starting this one, we get uh, Sarah walking up the creek after she just sort of uh, ignored Malcolm and walked off on him. Um, <laughs> and uh, when having called you, why didn't you try to, why didn't you let me know about it? And uh, her reply was, Ian would have tried to stop her, and Malcolm replies, yes, he would have tied her to the bed. <laughs> oh, funny, I was just reading the script yesterday. Yep. And uh, the original script, uh, not the original script, but the um, finalized script for, uh, for The Lost World, and in the script, uh, Nick makes a crack. He uh, says, well, yeah, so have I. <laughs> he, just, he just kind of makes, mutters a crack in the script, and I just thought it was kind of funny. His womanizing ways that I never really touched upon outside of the uh, Greenpeace comments in the back of Eddie's shop. Yeah, well, it never really comes up again. No. I thought uh, it might, you know, yeah, but no. Mm-hmm. Just left it at that. Yeah, yeah. I suppose um, we'll find out when we get to later minutes whether or not Nick uh, continues on in the film after they leave Sauna or not. Because we know in the yeah. film he doesn't. But um, just wonder if there was more more out of him there in an earlier script or something. But mm-hmm. we can get to that at a later stage. Um, and of course, uh, Sarah ignores ignores the uh, tied to the bed and starts going on about how. <laughs> How the uh, animals survived without lysine, eating eating di- different varieties of uh, soy agma beans, um, mm-hmm. plant life, and that, and then sort of ends up before we get the the uh, cut to the stegosaur being a bit vocal that uh, all the carnivores eat the herbivores, which I'm not all that uh, big up on metabolic rate and all that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not either myself. Yeah, but it just uh, seems it seems a bit uh, a bit far fetched that okay they they're eating plants and then the carnivores are eating the herbivores and getting their lysine um, getting the right amount of lysine from them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all it's all yeah, because right. it's all because of Hammond's line that we released them because of the hurricane. If if they said that they they change their DNA or something between the park animals or something but because um, there's a few months between when the park shut down and when sauna was evacuated they're still there doing doing their thing yeah we don't know what that yeah. was uh, we get a hint out of it in Jurassic Park 3 of the Spinosaur but it's just a shame we don't really know what happened there and 
how it all. We should have some. Should have some. One of the future movies give kind of a little. Mm-hmm. You no, know, not back to like what really happened on Sorna. What what they were doing. You know. Yeah. I was having sort of not an argument, the discussion with someone on Facebook yesterday about uh, the different versions of raptors we get, and how yes, in in fan head canon, the uh, different subspecies and all that sort of stuff is the uh, is the more likely reason or more likely explanation. But really, the films never went into it, and all we got was uh, well, each film they had new discoveries about the raptors, for instance, and tried to make a more update raptor for the film without um, explaining well why does this look different to the previous film's designs um, but yeah I'd definitely definitely love to love to read or something about sauna yeah you know, I would in those too. four I months wanted prequel yeah so did I, yeah because you mean it, it I always thought they would go down that line kind of how you know at one point it was like um, Hollywood was just pumping out prequels like left and right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, like they're still somewhat doing that. But there was a point in time, like, uh, and I can't really like pinpoint what time in the 2000s they were doing this, but they were just pumping out prequels. And I always felt like, you know, if if there's a prequel out there that can be made at actually at this point in time when prequels are really popular, would be like um, either the building of Jurassic Park or <laughs> what happened on Sorna before that hurricane hit, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, if they were exper- if they're they're leading us on to think that, like, when, um, in Jurassic Park 3, kind of, well, they weren't just making real dinosaurs, they're probably, they're probably doing all these types of experiments, and then we see it later on Jurassic World with, uh, Wu, yeah. you know, Hubris creating mm-hmm. this, like, hybrid. So what if they were already were doing stuff like that, you know? There's some weird, uh, like, um, just just the way those labs look. They didn't look too much um, how we saw it in, in uh, I say, like, the, the showroom that we had in Jurassic Park that just showed kind of the eggs. We had, like, this, some of these had, like, embryos growing in, in mm-hmm. like, like, tubes. Yeah, tubes. So that was weird. You know what I mean? If we if we have them going, if if the point was like creating these um dinosaurs and putting them in eggs, why are they growing them in tubes? I don't know how that process would work, or if that was something else. Tubes were kind of to so that scientists could actually watch the embryos form to check for any kind of deformations before they actually sent the to the final process and could actually start growing them. Yeah. Oh, that's a good theory. Yeah. Okay. That's well, that good. way, that way, you get to see developmental stages of the infant before they hatch, without uh, having a, like a clear egg or anything. You've got that tube. Exactly, exactly. They could notice any mutations as they happen. Oh, and also, I guess would also just the the age old question: uh, identifying the dinosaurs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the one too. Yeah. Now that they can actually extract, um, or like the- in theory, can extract DNA from bone marrow. Now we kind of it'd be now in time we actually could be like, yeah, well, we know where we're going to grow because we yeah. extracted it from Mosasaur bone, you know? Um, but back then in the 90s, you know I mean? Extracting that DNA from the mosquitoes in Jurassic Park, that was a gamble every time. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you just got to wonder how many tons of amber they had stockpiled just so they could uh, 
get some viable species. Yeah, they had the... them all on display. They had a good amount. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. Um, and a bunch on display in that lab. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe Wu was uh, doing the research in the dinosaur genetics then, and that's how we got the Spinosaur, and maybe those different uh, breeds of raptors, it's possible that might be uh, sort of looked back upon in the new film, but... Uh, once once Sauna was closed down, he was off island. Maybe that's when he went to start doing research on other stuff, like we see the two-headed animals in his lab and that. And, um, mm-hmm. The Wu Flower, if you go off the Maserati site. That's right. Which, again, that book... Was it book, that the Wu Flower? Was it 94, uh, 95, you said? Yeah, I think it was about a year afterwards. When was the hurricane in Lost World? On, on Sauna, uh, November of 93. Because it was four oh, yeah. months. It was four months after Jurassic Park closed down. That was June or July. June. Yeah, that was around, like early mid June. Yeah. You know, it just came to me. You know, it'd be it, it, just to explain that and put it into the the community of Jurassic Park fans have um, a story that connects. You know how we had Jurassic Park the game. Yep. Mm-hmm. They could. It, they could have. Um, if Telltale was still going, still had the licensing, I guess, to create another game, they could have done a Lost World one, but it would be the events from those four months leading up to the hurricane. Oh, yeah. You know? Throwing throw different bits of DNA together and seeing what animals come out and into their pens. and Uh-huh. How they're still going, and you could hear, like, you could hear whispers like, oh, the park failed, or this and that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It would be good, and it would be a good way to like fill that gap without pouring tons of money into a film. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I mean, I, don't, I, as much as I would love to see that, do we do we really think they're gonna make a prequel film like that? I don't think so. Maybe. Well, you might... wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't be able to have any returning casts because you know they're gonna yeah. be safe for future films. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there's the sets. I remember when Jurassic Park Legacy was still up, there was talk about what if Jurassic Park 4 ends up being a prequel, and there was even a thread about casting. I remember just how I would cast a modern Jurassic Park. I chose, like, Chin Han for uh, for Dr. Wu, uh, Bobby Moynihan for Nedry. Uh, and it, was just a, it was just a bunch of what-ifs and who could play whom. If they if they were to make the characters today, because obviously Richard Attenborough at the time was infirm, Wu was too old, and um, same with uh, yeah, same with Wayne Knight. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember seeing posts like that on JP like. Mm. Um, I remember seeing stuff like that, and that's where that prequel talk was coming around, you know, and, and mm-hmm. that's where I'm remembering it too. Uh, going on the forums and there was like a whole forum just talking about what JP4 might be about. And then was that even before it was announced that like wasn't it like kind of in production hell at that time when this when this was the rumor? Yeah. Yeah. It was probably around the time we started getting stuff from the sales script and that as well, or just before mm-hmm. then. Oh yeah, I remember that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then you've also got the issue too, right? There's been some suggestion of maybe a, like a 12 or 13 part mini so mini series or season like a yeah. Netflix thing just beforehand but again you're sort of 
the whole reason the park, um, the inspection team and all those there is because there's an incident with the Raptors. Like, you'd have to... How do you have a weekly or a 13-episode run of in-gen being created, the first Raptor being born, maybe all the way up until the park, have it sort of each episode's a different year or whatever else. Um, mm-hmm. But how do you how do you sort of keep keep sort of action or keep people coming back to it if uh, if it's just something getting built here or yeah yeah like what's what's the incident um, and then you've got characters too like you can't have you can't have Ray Arnold and Nedry there doing computers and <laughs> it would really have to be like a mini series special almost like a four part series or something mm. yeah. it couldn't be one that ran on seasons because the, the idea would just get stagnant yeah, oh, it'd only be a, it'd only be a single season thing. Like, yeah, as you said, a, a mini series or something. But you guys remember Terra Nova? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I remember Similar thing. Like, the first. Yeah, I remember watching it the first time, and I got bored. Then I saw it again on Netflix, and I actually was like, "Wow, this wasn't such a bad idea." It's just uh, I don't know. It's some there's something about it. Just it was kind of the same thing going on. I was like, okay, there's gonna be. Yeah. Uh, all right, a dinosaur's yeah. gonna attack. So. We're talking. What if they were to remake the movie closer to the novel? And I always insisted they would have to be a miniseries on HBO or Stars or something like that, just because one, the rating would have to be R, just because the novel was far more scary and far more intense than the uh, movie than Spielberg's movie was. And there's also talk of who would you cast? I would, I would, I remember, I would have like uh, Viggo Mortensen as Dr. Grant and um, hmm. and uh, Nick Cage, Nicholas Cage as Ian Malcolm, just because I thought <laughs> wacky. I mean, he is so out there; he would probably be able to play that kind of character. Would he have his? Uh, would he have his mullet from Con Air though? Just, just, <laughs> <laughs> just <diet> black, <laughs> diet black. <laughs> Oh, I was, I was just talking about him today at the shop. I was, I was, I was telling my, uh, another one of the tattoo artists there, I was like, I can't believe that guy has all these bad movies now. And then I'm like, you know why he has those? Because of the castles that he's buying around the world. Yeah. He has so much money. Oh, he has to make every movie that he – every script that goes across him. Yeah, I got it. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> and just to think we could have so gone with Superman too. Yeah. Like, all right, sorry, what would you say? Oh, and just to think we could have gone as Superman as well. Oh, <laughs> oh, you god. seen those pictures? Mm. Oh, oh my god. I have, yes. It's so bad. So it bad. Looks terrible. His his hairline with the Superman mullet? Oh, <laughs> Not good, man. There's like only a few movies I can actually say that I really liked from him. I like I actually enjoyed Con Air, even though it's like so cheesy. Yeah, yeah, that that <laughs> and the Rock. Back in the basket. Yep. <laughs> Face Off, even though it's the most '90s movie ever. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, and also has a lot of uh, a lot of Jurassic Park props in it too. Really? Yeah, in the um in the prison, I've been trying to screen cap, but it's too dark. Um, in the prison when he's getting led into the electric chair to whatever to get his boots taken off, um, there's engines um stenciled blue engine logos and on all the stainless steel equipment. So I don't know if it's something out of the kitchen or 
all that stainless steel benches and um, stuff in that lab have all got the InGen stencil on them, the green, the blue InGen logo oh, that, that's on the helicopter. Was that yeah, the construction logo? Was that just, was that, was that just e- Easter eggs? I or don't know. I don't know if Crichton had a word, like a pen in the script, or and that might be what the Easter egg is. But yeah, because it's even it's I think it's '97, so it's a fair way after Jurassic Park. Oh, and I as we know, the only the only reference to InGen we get in Jurassic Park is the InGen logo on the helicopter, and it's that same blue mm-hmm. logo on uh, mm-hmm. yeah on the stainless steel equipment. Have a closer <laughs> look. You know, you're right, yeah, like, in Jurassic Park, that's that's it. It's in mm. Lost World that we get more of uh, the InGen logo, like, everywhere. Yeah. 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 Jurassic Park is yes. really just the helicopter, and, like, you hear the name, but you don't really see much more of it. Everything's more Jurassic Park mm-hmm. uh, trademarked all over the park. Yeah. But with Lost World, you get it on the crate boxes, you get it on a lot of the, the stuff from the, the hunters, you have it on, like, w- once you get into the village. Mm-hmm. All the vehicles mm-hmm. that got it on them. Yeah. Well, that was something I always associated Jurassic Park with was the Jurassic Park logo, but the Lost World, I was associated with the engine logo when I was a kid. Yeah. Just because the engine logo is so much more prevalent in this movie. Mm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Speaking of this movie, <laughs> that was a good, that was a good <laughs> little, uh, little off-topic segment. Um, <laughs> while there are. Uh, Again, Sarah's uh, ignoring Malcolm because he's like, I don't care. I don't care about the last scene. I don't care about any of this. Um, we get the stegosaur growing a bit and Sarah just stops him and says, wait here, I'll be back in a minute. And uh, mm-hmm. run, runs off towards him with a camera that uh, has a finite amount of film in it. So we know that's going to be an issue a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, and David, you posted some of the set photos up from uh, this location. In yeah, the some of the application for those. Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful location. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they, um, it's just weird, like, now they're, they're back up. They've sort of they've been walking around the creek, going around the horseshoe, sort of following the stream just to get back in front of the mm-hmm. animals again, where they could have just ran and followed the path of destruction they would have made through the jungle. Because um, they're large animals, they would have made a bit of a bit of a trackway behind them. In the script, that's actually what they do. They they follow them into the brush, and that's how they find and that's how they find them at the other around the bend. They don't actually go walking down the end of the or walking down the river. Yeah, because I, I think, think the 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 sort of the brush and the foliage is too dense on the stream, isn't it? Is that something I read? That's why they go. When or it's more so when the stegosaurs appear, they can't really escape. Yeah, that's something I posted on our uh, Facebook page about. I took us. I took a paragraph from the script that kind of described the creek they're in, and right before the stegosaurs appear, yeah, it was in uh, minute twenty-four, uh, three or twenty-four, and I. Uh, posted up a picture uh, that I actually personally took, not from that area, but from a local forest preserve, just because I couldn't believe how uncannily similar these the description was compared to the photo I took. Yep. So Sarah's, yeah, Sarah's leaving behind and running up and starts uh, commando crawling towards the baby. Mm-hmm. 
all her years of studying African predators. I wonder how many times she snuck up on the infants before and how that uh, <laughs> how that ends. <laughs> how many how many little like lion cubs and yeah. and, and uh, baby hyenas and leopards, <laughs> yeah, and hyenas, and even like even though they're not like well not con- not considered predators, but they are like one of the most dangerous animals, hippos. Yeah, yep. Babies. Even... So she's well, like, yeah, dinosaurs is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> the big stegosaur, it's in fine. The, okay, in the original script, uh, before the pre-San Diego script, there's actually a moment just like this one, but when it's from the novel, where she's um, observing the hyenas taking down a kill, yep. and the phone starts ringing, and the hyenas all look up, and they're staring right at Sarah, and she and Sarah's freaking out because the phone's ringing and she's yelling at her uh, at her travel guide and she's like, I thought you turned it off. What's going on? Mm. So they still have the the scene where she spooks the Stegosaurus in that in that original script, but they also have a scene just like it before then, which is probably why they cut it out when they finalized the script. Yeah, that's a good thing. I've read a couple of pages of that first script, and uh, it sort of does give a bit more um, introduction to characters. You got the introduction of Sarah before we see her here in the stream. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah, also she shows up. Yeah. In this... Yep. Well, she's already there, and sort of the first time we get a reference of her is in Hammond's office with Malcolm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, Dita Stark also gets uh, yeah, gets his own little scene. Almost a pointless kind of scene because we yeah. don't really learn anything about him. We don't learn anything from the scene, and so all you get is him answering the phone, really. Yeah. That's that's in the script. One of the first yeah, ones. The first script. Um, I posted it up on the dress part. Uh, dress part the group, saying that if you haven't read it, you gotta read it. Yeah, I get the yeah, first. I haven't, I haven't read it. Yeah, I get the yeah. first draft at uh, Crichton done, and then kept on the first sort of Passover. Um, so yeah. it's still, it includes some, like I've only read the first little bit of it, but in sort of all the Kathy stuff on the beach happens exactly as we see it. Um, it's The film starts there. You don't get the sort of coming over the water, revealing the island. It just sort of starts with the yacht in the uh, in the bay and you get this sauna there. Um, and then you, then you sort of got the boardroom scene straight after, which we sort of guessed that's where it would have gone anyway. Um, which has got Hammond in it, and sort of includes a little bit more there. Um, oh, in the script it has Hammond. Yeah, Hammond's yeah. actually actually there saying how um, after the incident in the park, sort of this and that going on about Site B a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, he's on a video feed actually. It's like on yeah. one of those video conferences. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's sort of it might only be like one or two minutes pre when Ludlow starts to speak, because Ludlow, all the um, the costs, all the lawsuits, all that stuff's exactly the same, but it sort mm-hmm. of comes in halfway through the scene where uh, Hammond stuff would have been just before it. But it's good. Yeah. It's definitely it's definitely worth a read. Like, And then, again, you get the little introduction oh, yeah, to Sarah, just like the novel where she's in Africa and takes the phone call from... Uh, did she take it from Hammond, the phone call? I didn't... Uh, Ian. Oh, from Ian, yeah. Yeah, in the pre-San Diego script, Hammond is a lot more hands-off and with dealing with everything. Mm. 
it's uh, Malcolm who sets up almost like 90% of it. Yeah, so it's definitely not a rescue operation. <laughs> no. Yeah. I yeah. kind of like where they went then with mm. it, rather than... I, I feel Malcolm would... Why would he set that whole thing up, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose it'd be more it'd be more after the novel where he's searching for that, or yeah. he's interested by that lost world, um, mm-hmm. not necessarily thinking it's an engine creation, but more so that uh, evolution and everything else has a uh, secluded area where dinosaurs still exist. It was uh, it was like Levine that was pushing for it, and then yeah, it was like, fine. yeah, yeah. Malcolm just said, okay, if you can prove that dinosaurs are there, then I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll come along, and that's when he finds the carcass in <laughs> Costa Rica. His, oh man, his character in the novel, man, it's just, he really went all the way to Addison just to be like, fine, alright, whatever. Yeah, yep. You're fine. <laughs> yep. Yep. You got you what you want. You just accepted. Yeah. No. <laughs> you got what you want, Spielberg, I'm back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because that novel, um, the Lost World novel was pretty much, uh, it, up to that point, Crichton didn't make any, um, uh, was it like, yeah. uh, like, he just yeah. made single novels, right? It just ended? Yeah. In fact, I think it might... The Lost World might be the only sequel that Crichton ever wrote. Mm. It seems... Just thinking about his novels. Was... I can't recall That's any what others. I was looking for. Mm. <laughs> sequel, I couldn't think of it for some reason. I was like, ah! <laughs> the continuation! And then he's like, sequel. Like, That's it! That's the one I was thinking of! <laughs> for some reason, gone. Dinosaur had my tongue. But, um... Yeah, yeah it, you're right. I think that's the only one. And it, I think it was uh, more of, like... Wasn't it more like Spielberg's idea or, like, the studio? Yeah. It was Spielberg's idea. He yeah. wanted to do a second one. And so he, him and... Between him and the fans, uh, they kind of goaded Crichton into it. Yep. And a truckload of money. <laughs> or, uh, it probably would have been in the day. It's probably not so much now, but... Yeah. But, um... We end here with, uh... Ian and Nick and the boys just watching a run up the stream. And, um... Mm-hmm. Getting too close to the baby stegosaur. And she just... <laughs> they're just saying, no, Sarah, Sarah, stop it. <laughs> You're getting too close. Yeah. Did you know that the animatronic's name was Claire? Yes. Yes, I did. Mm. Yeah, I wrote the uh, Jurassic Park Legacy article, or the Jurassicpedia article for her. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I'm saying this, and he's the guy writing all this stuff. <laughs> 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 the stuff I would read. The stuff where I would go for information. Okay, wait, You did you work on the encyclopedia? Yeah, I'm Dinos Forever. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know who you're. Yeah, I was, I was T-Rex Malcolm on there. Oh, yeah. Really? Nice. Yeah. I was not on there too often, but uh, I was always reading the stuff. I was kind of lurking. Oh, I remember you. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I was uh, I was always on the encyclopedia looking for random items of, like, when I was making stuff for, like, mm-hmm. my, my toys and whatnot. And it, there's, like, everything on there. Ah, uh, I miss JP Legacy. Hmm. <laughs> Well, the encyclopedia is back at Jurassicpedia.com. Mm-hmm. Jurassic-pedia.com, I should say. Uh, all really? right. Okay, I, I didn't. I haven't been on it. Oh, I got to put that into my um. Yeah. My, like, yeah. Uh, bookmarks. Yeah, David and that have uh, have got it 
pretty much just the uh, encyclopedia part all back up online. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. It does have a small forum called Jurassic Bungalow that's for like the uh, creative side stuff, like toy collecting, fan art, fan videos, stuff like fan fiction, stuff like that. Cosplaying in it, oh, yeah. Cool. And I have a couple of the um, I have a couple of the costume guides still up or uh, put back up. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. Wait, yeah. you, I think I talked to you about the. Uh, we had a back and forth on, uh, on one of the forums about the, the lucky pack. I think it was you oh, yeah. that one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That was a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, guys, <laughs> we're pushing free calls on here. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll end this one out. Uh, anything else you want to bring up about this minute before we get out of here for the day? Yeah, I think we're good. Radio. Okay. Yeah, I think we're good. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much said it. It's a, it's, it's, it's leading up to a good moment, you know. Mm-hmm. One of those minutes. Yep. You're just awaiting the action. You know something's gonna go down. Yeah. Sarah's doing something really, really dumb. Yep. <laughs> Jay, thank you very much for joining us once again. Oh yeah, man. It's it's a pleasure, man. It's a lot of fun to talk about Lost World. All right, guys. Let's get the hell out of here. Contact details are on the website, thelostworldminute.com. You can email feedback to thelostworldminute at gmail.com, Facebook, The Lost World Minute, Twitter, at The Lost World Minute, and Instagram, The Lost World Minute. Easy to remember. Yeah, yeah, very easy to remember. Right. <laughs> uh, David, thank you for joining me for this recording. And uh, we'll be back. I've been Brad. I'm Dave. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. Goodbye. Talk to you later. Bye. It is absolutely imperative that we work with the Costa Rican Department of Biological Preserves to establish a set of rules for the preservation and isolation of that island. These creatures require our absence to survive, not our help. And if we could only step aside and trust in nature, Life will find a way.